So today, did has everyone been following up on the last, I think we did it like three weeks ago, like the war plan? You've been doing it? Yeah, okay, I love that. Anyone else want to see some hands? Okay, I'll take that as a no. That's not good, okay? Because we have, oh, hey, Bolu, thank you. Um, a war plan is so necessary. And like, as time goes on, obviously you won't need, you know, to look at an actual play paper because it will be written, embedded in your heart. But today I wanted to just break it down just a little bit more so that we can understand the power of it um, and understand the need for it. Everyone say need. And everyone say power. Right? Let me just get some feels in the room. Like, does, when I say war plan, does it resonate with everyone? Yeah? Why? Why does it resonate with you? I like that. Honest, honest, honest. <laughs> just real out the cuff. Out the cuff. Um, who else? Why? Something to fall back on. I like, I like that you said something to fall back on. I like that, but it can be argued, but I like it. Okay, there's a, there's a framework. Yeah, yeah, I like that. We were saying the same thing. The reason why I was, I was saying not to fall back on is like, it's almost saying this is the last resort. But we don't want the war plan to be a last resort. It's a way of life for us. Does that make sense? Um, but I like that. So I understood what you were saying. I just wanted to change the language up a bit. Anyone else? Why, why are we talking about war plan? Marion? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Going to war. Yeah, exactly. Because life can be life in boy, and it can be hard, right? And it can feel like a war, right? So we want to be... We want to be well equipped, right? Um, was that you? Was you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's period. She said we're at war. Period, right? We are at war. We are. There is an enemy that we ha we have an enemy, right? And it's about us being able to um, be able to point out our threat, be able to acknowledge our threat. We don't ignore the threat and just hope that it will go away. We acknowledge it so that we can war accordingly. It's called being strategic. Amen. And so anyone on this side, why? Why? Anyone? Go on, Tim. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to muster up the strength to try and fight. Like, it's, yeah, we want to be prepared. Yeah, we want to be prepared, as I like to say. Right? So we want to be prepared. Um, next slide. Um, I like this quote from Dr. Anita Phillips. It says, a truly powerful life isn't one, it is cultivated. A truly powerful life isn't one. It doesn't just come to us. It is cultivated. It is nurtured. And cultiva cultivating a powerful and meaningful life requires diligence and consistency. Everyone say diligence, diligence. and consistency. Okay, cool. Let's look at a few scriptures around that, that whole um, frame of 
diligence and consistency. Proverbs 13.4 says in the Amplified, it says, the soul appetite of the lazy person craves and gets nothing for lethargy overcomes ambition. My God. But the soul appetite of the diligent who works willingly, everyone say willingly, is rich and abundantly supplied. Wow. He craves it. Craving freedom, craving a new way of living, craving a new life, right? A new dream, a new vision. You crave it, but you get nothing. But the soul, the appetite of an individual, of the diligent who works willingly is rich and abundantly supplied. Next verse, Proverbs 21.5, it says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance and advantage. But everyone who acts in haste comes surely to poverty. New Living Translation says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Jeez, Proverbs does not hold back, does it? Right? The plans, everyone say plan, of the diligent lead surely to abundance and advantage but everyone who acts in haste, like, I feel attacked, I feel attacked. What are you gonna, what, what's, what are you gonna do? You're gonna, if you're in haste, what's gonna happen? You're not gonna do anything at the end of it. You're gonna be too overwhelmed to even do something when you know there is something you can do. Is everyone hearing me in the house today? Right? But it surely comes to poverty. It's like gambling, right? It's quite hasty. In like, let me just, but someone who's thought through, someone who is thorough, someone who has a plan, it leads to abundance and advantage. My gosh, good planning, hard work. This is talking about intentionality. Remember during the fast and, um, during the fast and also, I think I mentioned it, mentioned it at the prayer school, just speaking about how Ephesians says, put on and put off. That's to do with the effort that we make. And the spirit gives the power to do it. So, like, a new mind is just not going to come. It's just, it doesn't just fall in your lap. And that word in Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 23, when it speaks about let the spirit renew your mind, it's talking about that word, the, the root word is to do with renovation. I'm not outing your mind completely. I'm not taking it away. I'm renovating it. We've seen a renovated house, Right? How someone could, the infrastructure is there, but what is inside doesn't work for the beauty of the house, right? And so, but before that, it speaks about our responsibility. In Ephesians, it says, you put off, then you put on. So there's a responsibility that you have in good planning and hard work, in being diligent, being in community, Reading your words, being accountable, not at the point that the mess happens during the journey leading up to the mess. Is everyone with me? Don't tell me when you're in the mess. I can't do nothing. It's the mess. Tell me the journey leading it so that we can prevent the mess. Is everyone with me? That's true accountability. I'm showing responsibility for who I want to be. Hallelujah. Good planning and hard work. I'm actually listening to counsel, but also doing it. Everyone say, do it. 
good planning, right? That word diligent, the root word in the Hebrew is um, strict decision, sharp-pointed. So there is a masculine element to it, sharp-pointed, it's strong, it's viable, amen? Incisive, and when you look at the word, we, we, when we look at the word incisive, it's talking about clear thinking, clear thinking, sobriety, and, uh, uh, an excellent mind, a mind of excellence, which is to do with clarity, hallelujah. So we're being diligent in the sense of the plans of someone who is strict in their decision. Hallelujah. Sharp pointed. So you're clear and you're sure. Is everyone with me? Right? You're incisive. So you're clear thinking. Hallelujah. We're breaking it down today. Tap your neighbor and say, break down. Tap someone else and say, break down. Right? We want to be clear. We want to be clear. We want to be sharp. Right? Sometimes we just have to make the decision to do it. Right? So that in those times when our sobriety is being challenged, like Tony said, there is something that we have there that can disrupt that thing that is trying to challenge our way of living. Is everyone with me? Right? So when we're talking about the war plan, the war plan is essentially us uprooting arguments and vain imaginations that stand against what God has said concerning us. That stand against the divine identity he's given to us. Our divine identity is a given. It ain't going nowhere. Okay? When we put our faith in Christ Jesus, we were adopted. And so we have this identity. And when I speak about identity... I'm not talking about what people know you as, okay? That's not your identity. Your struggle is not your identity, okay? What you went through is not your identity. It would be very, it will undo all of the work that God has done to me if I said that my identity is orphan. No, it's not. It's child. It's beloved. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, your identity isn't what you're currently struggling with. I'm not accepting that I'm an anxious person. I worry sometimes, but it is not who I am. Is everyone with me? I get overwhelmed sometimes, but it's not who I am. So it's about us relinquishing an identity that we've also accepted. We've accepted it. We said yes to it. It was brought to us and we said yes to it. But we're ready to relinquish that identity. Is everyone with me? right? And so we're uprooting the arguments that we have in our minds about who we are. There's arguments. Can I do it? Can I not? Am I qualified? Am I not? Will I be a good father? Will I not? Will I be a good mother? Will I not? Will I succeed? Will I not? Will I fail? Or will I? Do you understand why? There's, there's a contention between what God has said and between the trauma or the pain or the hurt that you've experienced that the enemy capitalizes on is his commodity to wage war on, to slow you down. Is everyone with me, right? So the first place that we war for is our identity, like I said. And I love this. As I was preparing for this, one of the examples that came to mind was, you know, in Black Panther 1, yeah? 
I can't remember what the name of that Black Panther, but it's the first one, okay? And um, T'Challa's fighting the guy, right? And he's lost his strength or whatever, and he's at the end. This is the fight at the end, right? Fighting back for his throne or whatever. And, um, and then in the midst of it, his mum says, remember who you are. And it gives him an, an, ele an element of strength to now fight back. You have to remember who you are. When you're overwhelmed, when things are coming against you, when the enemy, and sometimes, yeah, you know, there's a level of tiredness and a level of, um, of what do you call it? Lethargic, the lethargic feelings or forms of overwhelm that come on us, yes, because of life. Maybe we've not taken care of our bodies properly, right? But sometimes some of that is even the enemy, right? So in those moments, you have to remember who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Remember who you are, right? And so who are you? Tap your neighbor and say, who are you? Like, who are you really, okay? Romans 8, 15, 17 in New Living Translation. It says, actually, let me get someone to read it. I'm going to get Ariel to read. Go on, Ariel. And then we'll pass it to someone on this side, right? Mm -hmm. Romans 8, 15 to 17. So Say it with, I, I need conviction. <laughs> Okay, I want you to preach to us through this sermon, dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, you are well in Jesus. Amen. Go on. Um, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Hold on, stop. When he... I can't hear you. When he... Right? This word adoption, back in the Roman time, when they adopted you... It wasn't like now, you know, people try to complicate adoption now. Oh, you're not really blah, blah, blah. No, back then, it's when you were adopted, if you were adopted as a son, you now had the same inheritance as a biological son. So we have the same inheritance as Jesus. Adoption. Oh, go on, please, go. Proceed. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins us with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. My gosh, wow. His spirit joins with our spirit to affirm who we are, that we are God's children. So sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, if there is a question about who I am, am I really leaning into the spirit? Am I disconnected? Some, I know we have the spirit in us, the indwelling presence, but am I really leaning and sensitive to what the spirit is trying to reveal to me? Because the scripture says in Corinthians, I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13, it speaks about that the spirit makes known to us the things that have been freely given to us by God. So I have an access to knowledge of his heart and his mind towards me that I access via the spirit. So if now I lose sight of who I am, that means I'm a little bit disconnected. Just food for thought, right? So we understand that we are adopted. Everyone say adopted. adopted. 
right? We are, we are, right? And we are now sons of God, right? Everyone with me, right? Ephesians 1 verses 4 to 5. I'm going to go, I'm going to get, oh, do you want to choose? Yeah, yeah go. <laughs> oh, go, let me get. Go for you, go, go. You were chosen, sir. Okay. Um, it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through, Christ, through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. This is what he wanted to do. No, he wanted to do it, Tony. Yeah, that's what, is that, are we reading the same thing, right? This is what he wanted to do. And it says, and it gave him great, no, no, no. And it gave him great, right, right. So God didn't say the day that you were saved, like, oh gosh, it's another one. This is going to be a long journey, all my days, like, oh, no, 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 no. He wanted to do it. And it gave him great pleasure. My gosh. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Does this not give us an understanding of what God sees when he looks at us? Not what our trauma or our pain or our sin is speaking to us, but what God is saying. His point of view is that you're still without fault still without condemnation and guilt, even though you are in the wrong. When we say read your Bible, this is a reason why. We could have slowed down, you know, the whole being away from God and not praying. We could have cut that down, you know what I mean? Fastened it up because right here is the truth. And the truth sets us free. God decided in advance to adopt. This was thought out. This is diligence. This is good planning. So God has given us an example of who we are meant to be in the earth. My gosh. Into his own family by bringing us into himself through Jesus Christ. There is power in the blood of Jesus and what he did. This is what it means to wear the helmet of salvation. If you didn't know. The helmet of salvation guards your Oh, I can't hear you people. It guards your... So our salvation is built upon Jesus Christ. That means that there is something about when, the, when it's saying when we're warring, there is an understanding and a revelation that you need concerning who you are in Christ that will guard your mind. Is everyone with me? Right? Am I, am I preaching good today? I'm not even doing the main word, hallelujah, this is tap. This is how you know I like the mic, you know. <laughs> God forgive me, right? So who are you? You are loved and you are accepted in the beloved. Furthermore, God delights in you. Wow. Let's just take that in. He wanted to do it. No, just he wanted to do it. 
willingly, not out of obligation, but willingly. He won. It gave him great pleasure. Everyone understand. You know when you get when you've been craving a chocolate and you finally eat it. And I don't even think it even amounts to how God feels about us. But you know when you're like, mm, it, J- Josiah does this thing now where he when he eats and it it's good. He goes, mm. <laughs> he does a happy dance. He's like, yeah, this is that's that's pleasure though, right? Like it's great pleasure. It gave him great pleasure when you're exchanging you're having good conversation good tea with your friend listen that is pleasure but it's the great there's a greater pleasure that God has having adopted you and brought you into his family through the blood of Christ Jesus and this is the core of why we believe but we've lost sight of that we've made it about all of the theatrics we come on a Sunday we come for worship hmm yeah, it's all right. Actually, mm, I don't feel too good. I might just stay at home. No, you're adopted into a family. This family, a heavenly family, a spiritual family. (laughs) And so that means that, you know, this, you don't catch this by way of your your thinking, just your your carnal way of thinking. If you do, then, you know, it's not going to last long. But when you have a revelation by way of the spirit, there is a greater longevity there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when I speak about having God's perspective, this is what I mean. This is a lot more sustainable than your, the capacity that you have in your mind. That's why I'm reminded of when Peter, I'm going to go to it actually. Sorry guys, I'm going to be a few minutes. I'm about to close, don't worry. Let's go to Matthew 16, I believe it is, yeah. Let me even read it in the King James Version. So everyone write down Matthew 16, because you're going to go home and you're going to read this, amen? Um, From verses 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, the Son of Man am? He's asking them, What is your perspective perspective concerning who I am? (laughs) You guys hear me? So they said, Some say John the Baptist. Look, this is what other people are saying. Some say third hand information. Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you? Say that I am. I know you've heard the opinions online, on Instagram. You've seen 60-second clips and it encourages you. But who do you say that I am? Is everyone hearing me? Beyond what we're doing right here, who do you say that I am? Beyond being worshipping and leading us in, who do you say that I am? If you can't give an account for who I am, it's not sustainable. (laughs) who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You caught this by way of the spirit, but my father who is in heaven 
And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell anyone that he was Jesus the Christ. What am I saying to you? It was out of his revelation by way of the Spirit that now Peter had access to what he was called to do. But we try and skip it or we try and go by what other people are saying about God and try and access who we really are meant to be on the earth. I wrote down in my notes, warring concerning your identity allows you to embrace what he's saying about your future. You're overwhelmed and confused in your life because you have not yet yielded to what the spirit has to say. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Because your swag will be a little bit different. The way you move, the way you walk, the way that you even respond to the storms in your life would reveal who you say that he is. Once he caught it in the spirit, he said, yeah, okay, cool. I can show you more. This is who I'm calling you to be. This is what I'm saying concerning your future. This is what I'm saying concerning your assignment in this season. You can't embrace the future or the assignment without first having a revelation of who he is. Because guess what? After this, Peter was met with various trials. Until he stepped into who he was in Acts chapter 2 when we see the first sermon of the church. Can you imagine John 21? He's confessed this. This is, this is why we need to see people from every aspect, not just in their glory, <coughs> but in their process. Jesus has on, been on the cross. His body's not there no more. The disciples have gone back to fishing. <laughs> and they follow Peter, you know, because he's by default a leader. That's why you have to be careful what you carry. If you're a leader, they're going to follow you wherever you go. So it's, it's there just by default. You have the grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you have the grace. So they're just going to, oh, you're drinking? Oh, I will drink too. What they're just, they're, it's, it's just a grace on your life. But I digress. Peter, right, goes back to fishing. What are you doing fishing? Let's even go there. Guys, this is not even in my notes, but I'm going to go there. Am I permitted, Pastor Ayo? <laughs> right? I'm going to start from. First of all, let's, let's break it down this way. John 21, verses 6. Right? Everyone remembers when they were struggling to get the fish. They were, they were toiling all night and they were trying to get fish, right? And then Jesus said, launch into the deep. And they said, but we've been toiling all night. But at your word, we will let down our net, right? That is their, their, almost their first interaction with divinity, Jesus' divinity, right? So here, again, they're toiling. And um, verse 6, it says, and he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find them. 
So they cast and now they, they cast it and now they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. He was triggering a time in their life of encounter. Repeated the same thing. You're toiling. Let me, this is not even what you're meant to do. But let me grace you anyway. <laughs> Thank you, babe. He's a kind God. He's good. So it's the disciple whom Jesus loved who says it is the Lord. Now he's identifying it like, right, that's, that's Jesus, you know. Right, cool. Let's jump down a couple. Then as soon as they come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring me some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time. Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. The third time, guys. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? <laughs> he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. My gosh. <laughs> Jesus was trying to get Peter to understand and recognize. When he's asking him, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than what makes sense? When things go in ways that you do not understand, do you love me more than what makes... He went back to what made sense to the human mind, yet he was called to something that was divine. Do you love me more than this fish, more than, more than the provision that you think you're... More, there's no satisfaction. Do you love me more than these? What is he saying? Do you love me? Like, do you see me? Because if you see me and you love me, then you will feed my sheep. And that is what Peter did in the end. Do you, do you love me more than these? Last week I spoke a word about sticking to your plan A. Plan A is what God said. But the only way that you can endure the process that comes with plan A is by loving him more than your plan B. Recognizing that as a child, I always use the example, it's just a right that Josiah has to what I have is the same way that we have rights to what he has. And when I recognize that I am a child and my father is good and generous, 
I don't need to worry about what tomorrow holds. I don't need to I don't need the fear, the way that the enemy will try and antagonize me and say, he's going to leave you, you're going to, no, I don't need to hear that because I have a revelation by way of the spirit, by way of the word of God. And Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, my words are spirit and they are also life. By way of the spirit, the word of God, I know his heart. I understand and recognize his mind. And so I can stand flat-footed in the midst of uncertainty because I have a good God. My war plan. War plan. Do you love me more than these? Is everyone with me? Everyone with me? You got to recognize and come into the alignment of this fact and this truth that God knows the plans that he has for you to bring you to a hope and to an expected end. But the verse doesn't just, sit, it doesn't just stick. Should we go to the verse? Let's go. Let's go. Jeremiah 29. Because I want us to get full context. I know we hear verses, but maybe the context might set some people free from the fear of the future. Right? For I know, verses 11, the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Again, it's revealing his heart. Sometimes when you're reading scripture, don't just take it for what it is. Also, is what is this verse or what is this word revealing to me about the heart of God? Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I'll bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. The full verse. It's saying, I know the thoughts I have for you, but seek me. And you'll find me. If you do it with all your heart, the peace you're looking for is in me. The clarity you need is in me. Hallelujah. Is everyone with me, yeah? And so, what am I saying? <clears throat> warring for your identity is warring for your future. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart, as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. As you mature spiritually. Tap your neighbor and say mature. By the renewing of your mind, so my maturity is connected to how steadfast I am in renewing my mind. Okay. Focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may be able to prove for yourself what the will of God is. 
that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Hmm. Okay, cool. So I give myself away. I surrender, right? Present yourselves, who you are, the entirety, right? Seek him with your all, your full, with your all your heart. Amen. That's an act of worship. Your surrender, not the song. Your actual surrender. Your yielding. Hallelujah. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, right? But be transformed and progressively changed. Does it say perfectly? No, just per does it, Tony, does it say perfectly? I don't know. Can I see? I don't know. Perfect, is that P-E-R? No. Progressively, I like that. Yeah, thank you. Progressively, right? Progressively being changed. Not that you've arrived, but you have the tools necessary for you to keep on the journey of progress. Hallelujah. As you mature spiritually, that means in order for me to know the will of God, I have to mature spiritually. It's connect. So I give myself away. I'm in this progressive state. I'm maturing spiritually. Then I can discern the will of God. Guys, it's there. This is just two verses. When we say read your Bible, <laughs> is everyone with me, right? But I don't mind. I love serving you guys this way, okay? Right? So it means that we can discern the will of God with a renewed mind, with a sober mind, with a clear mind. Remember, go back to diligently. It speaks about being sharp. Being tossing sharp. You know, me, my husband tells me I need to work on it, but I don't, I don't like people that are not sharp. Please be quick, urgent, quick. Okay, don't be slow. Be quick. All right, what decision are you making? It's the most frustrating. It's pet peeve. You guys have let you into my world. Okay, when Josiah is being slow, I'm like, come on, quick, 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 quick. We have to be fast. Amen. Amen. Diligence. We want to be quick. It's talking about being sharp. Strict decision, not indecisiveness. Mm, um, uh, make a decision. Are you going to go with the truth or are you not? Will you yield to what the enemy is presenting or will you not? Make a decision. Make a decision. Are you going to obey or are you not going to obey? Just know that on every side there is fruit. There's fruit. It says you will reap what you <laughs> guys, so what, whichever one, but you need to be sharp. You understand? It's your responsibility. We have a responsibility. That's to yield. Remember I said Ephesians 4, right? Put on and put off your responsibility. Then it gives room for the responsibility of the spirit. So you're not where you are because of us. You're not where you are because of your friends, of your parents. No, no, no. You, you are where you are. Hear me in love, respectfully. Right? Everyone say respectfully. Right? You are where you are because you're not being strict in your decisions. You're not being concise. Poor decision making. It's okay. The, the quicker you embrace it is the quicker you can progress. 
actually, no, I'm actually here because I made that decision. I, I, okay, cool. I'm here. The reason why there's delay in my life is because, you know, I did not heed the, the words of my pastor. It's a, you know what? It's me. No, I've not been accountable. No, yeah, God gave me a, guys, we have to, the quicker you can embrace it, 2024 will be quicker for you. What you thought could take five years can take a whole year. Right? Some of you got the word, word be in church every week. But it's still a decision you're making. But still, I can't, guys, when you say pray for me, there's things that I'll pray for. Hallelujah. And there's things that ask the Spirit, give them revelation that they will do what was said. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there's a part, there's things that prayer can't do it. It's your decision. Is everyone checking with me? Is everyone, you still love me, right? Is it okay? Because I am very loving and kind. <laughs> okay? But if this is not love if I don't tell you the truth, right? Is that okay, yeah? So we're learning today, right? We're learning today that our decision to surrender, to renew our mind and to mature spiritually, the question is, what do you need to do to mature? Spiritually. What does that look like? This is good planning now. What does that look like? I want you to write that down in your notes. What does growing spiritually, maturing spiritually look like? What do you have to do? What do you have to read? What do you have to listen to? What do you need to elim eliminate? This is us taking inventory, right? Everyone writing it down, yeah? Write it down. And that's, listen, this is homework for TAP next week. Okay? We're going to share with one another. This is what I need to do to mature. Right? This is what needs to happen. If in your TAP groups, TAP, tap group leads, please put that question in the group right now, however, whenever, wherever. By the end of today, put it in the chat. What do I need to do? What do I need to do in church? Hallelujah. Let's talk about it. What do I need to do? How do I need to be? Do I need to be more accountable? Do I, like, let's, we, everyone say thinking. Oh, no, no. Say it with, with ambition. Thinking. thinking. Right? We're going to think about it. Amen? Because when we think, we become clearer. Right? We become concise. We become sharp. Everyone say sharp. Amen. And so warring for your identity is warring for your future. And so on your war plan, right, I want you, you may not be able to do it right now. So homework number one is that you are going to think about the things that you need to do to mature spiritually. Everyone got that, yeah? Right. Assignment number two is we want to have words for concerning our identity, right? So what part of your identity is fragmented right now? Think about it. Is it that you don't believe that God sees you or that you're forgotten, um, that you're not chosen, um, that you're not forgiven? Kind of think about how you perceive God to kind of reveal how 
where you're fragmented in your identity. Is everyone with me? Yeah? Um, that he won't come through for you. That he's let you down. That he's disappointed. Review it. Put your identity in review. Right? Once you do, that will give you an indicator. Here you have, this is your Bible study in your quiet time for the rest of the year or even into next year. Right? If you want to figure out what you do in your quiet time, here we go. Right? In your time, begin to look at scriptures. Just Google scriptures on um, God not forgetting. Okay? Scriptures on purpose. Scriptures on X. Do you, is everyone checking with me, yeah? You're going to look. Google is our best friend. Google University. Hello. Okay? Going to look, and we're going to go to those scriptures in our, in our, in our Bibles. Amen? And we're going to study them. Right? We're going to review them. If we have questions, there's gotquestions.org. Um, we can send a bunch of resources, but you can ask questions. All this like, oh, I can't question the word. No, question, ask God questions. God, what does this mean? Amen? Everyone with me, yeah? And then a word concerning your future. What's your deepest fear concerning where you're going? Or concerning your present? Uncover the fear. Is it that you won't ever be what you dream of? Is it that you will never achieve your goals? What, what is it exactly? Don't just tell me that you're fearful, you don't know what you're doing with your life. What does that mean? No, what does it mean? You're living, you're breathing. So what does it mean? Right? What is it exactly that you're fearful about? Challenge it. Then get a scripture if you're fearful um, that, you know, God won't fulfill his promises. Scriptures on God fulfilling promises. It will all come up. Right? Study it. And then pick the scripture that works for you best. And then make that your anchor, your core. Memorize the scripture. Right? Everyone with me, yeah? So I've given you, we've got an assignment for next week, what you're going to do to mature spiritually, right? Next week, everyone's going to come with that outline. You're going to tell your neighbor who's at home or wherever they are right now, amen, glory, I see you. Um, I see you, okay, I see you. Um, wherever you are right now and you're listening to this via podcasts, okay, be at church on Sunday. Everyone say, be at church. Say it louder. Be at church. Yeah, you guys don't want to be the ones because you're also guilty. We haven't seen you in how long. Amen. We love you, though. We want you here. Amen. So we're going to talk through it next week. Is everyone good with that? Yeah. Awesome. How's everyone feeling? I want to hear some thoughts in the room. Where's the mic? It's all right. You can pass it around. Eniola, how are you feeling? What's your thoughts? Let's see. Let's see. On, on what has been said, mm-hmm. um, I think it's been very tangible, and um, and I love that this again has been restated because what I find amazing is how, you know, the war plan conversation hasn't just started now. We've been talking about it since the start of the year, but it's only getting more intense, and I love that, you know, there's more of like a focus on it. I think what undone it for me personally is 
the prayer class last week mm. um, and about how PS talked about identity. I don't know what happened, but it just it just unraveled me. Mm. Like I actually went home and every day, consistently, 30 minutes, mm. I'm talking about the war plan. I'm mm. just talking, talking, talking. And like I can really see a difference, even if it's just started. I am aware that things can come at me. But again, it's weird how, it's not even weird, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will just bring things to my mind. Like, mm. you are a masterpiece. Mm. God sees you, he loves you, he listens, he's patient with you. Like, mm. it just floods my mind. Like, it, it is real. It does, it's like, this is not, we're not just saying this war plan for fun. I'm just attesting to the fact that I already started doing it because I was just like, you know what, something has to change. Mm. Something has to change and I need to see the change. It's, it's even becoming such a big thing for me that now I'm like, I no longer affirm my identity in anything. It's like everything can pass away. But if I still know this truth, I'm good. And it's so solid. And, you know, even like even God's singing songs over me, like about I am your firm foundation. I am your hope. Yesterday I woke up. It was about hope. God was saying hope. I said, oh, what do you mean? I'm reading, reading. Part of my identity is that he is my hope. So like... I'm just attesting, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm just literally just adding to the fact that just do the work. Do the work. Like, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Like, that's the minimum. Just get the word. Call your... Just go for it. Like, literally go for it. And amen. That's it for me. So, yeah, that's an affirmation. Amen. Denicio. <laughs> um, I think the it's opened up a lot of vulnerability for me, especially with identity and figuring out my personhood and feeling a bit, um, not to touch on it, but like vulnerable without a parent, like very just open and just trying to figure myself out in that lane. So I think even from the beginning of the year with Proverbs, you started with Proverbs and I remember that. Um, just coming back full circle and so much has happened in that time but still feeling like I'm in a season of figuring things out and like you said what does the future hold kind of thing so I think it's I feel very raw very vulnerable in this time but the war plan will help with that I think but just cementing that yeah I love that I love that thank you so much for sharing thank you Aniola Tosan go ahead um, I feel sober to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel sober. I think obviously it's important to meditate on the word, um, make it a habit to do so, like we do with other things in our life. Mm. Um, but yeah, the word is truth. Mm. You know, He's faithful and true. Ultimately, I think everything. I think we can find everything in the word. Open Bible was my best friend. I use that 24-7. Um, you know, literally Google, what did the Bible say about money? What does it say about strength, joy, all that stuff? So that helps. So that's definitely a tip I would say to use. Um, but yeah, no, it was really good. I'm just sober, yeah. Taking it in. Clear-minded, yeah. Amen, amen. Thank you, Totem. I'm going to go to this side, Letitia. Um... I'm not going to lie to you, yeah, this week I was thinking, I'm actually tired of warring. It's not every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is what we need to do. 
And um, P.S., you were saying in the um, creative prayer a few weeks ago, the advantage we have is that we have Jesus. Mm. And that line really just stuck to me. Mm. Um, and it just made me realize, like, we cannot conform to the things of this world. Mm. We are different. Mm. And the moment we live by that, we will just see things differently. Mm. Um, this, all of this, I can't lie, it's, it's sweet, you know, all these verses and you always have the right words, but I think it's actually accepting it. Mm. That's the, the big work as well, because we, you know, I know I'm going to leave here every Sunday is the same thing, well, when I'm here anyway. Um, mm. It's like, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready to war, mm. but it's asking God for the strength to war, because mm. I don't know about you guys, sometimes you don't even have the words. Mm. And... Um, just this week again I was saying to a friend you really do realize that nothing can fulfill as much as Jesus I just got married not too long ago had a lovely wedding but even that it's, it's just not it <laughs> you just re you know real talk <laughs> um, and yeah so after all of that it's all, all eventful and you just wow, God, this, this life with you is sweet, but it's also hard. And um, so, yeah, no, I'm ready to walk again, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, I love that. I think I love what you said in terms of, um, you know, being tired of warring. And when, you know, our series this month is about the kingdom, but this is the way of the kingdom mm. in the sense of as a disciple of Christ Jesus, like, he walked and lived in his beloved identity. And that's what we're called into. But I don't believe that Jesus was every single minute like, You understand what I'm saying? I don't, I don't believe that that's what he was. It was a way of life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was in him, like this truth was in him. And I think there's this transition and this is where like the maturity comes in. There's this transition that occurs when it comes from it being like a war and it becomes you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like this is who I am now. Like I am who I am and I have an understanding that life happens. And I think in Christendom, we've been sold a dream that because we're in Christ, yeah. bad things don't happen. Yeah, like, we're yeah, totally yeah. exempt. Yeah, yeah. We're exempt from death. We're exempt from yeah, job yeah, loss. Yeah. We're exempt. Do you understand yeah. why I'm saying? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But we have an advantage that being in Christ, yeah. we know how to navigate it. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's let go of the dream, the American dream, amen? The whatever dream it is, let's let go of it and bring ourselves into this maturity. Yeah. But that takes, remember it says progressively, yeah. right? Yeah. Scripture says progressively. So we're progressively cultivating our lives to win. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Remember the first quote in the beginning, yeah. right? The life that you're looking, it's not just one. It's cultivated. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's going to, so the, the maturity part is so important, you know, not just to Letitia, but I feel like all of us need to get this in our spirits. Mm. The maturity part, that do you know what? The only way that I can really walk it out, I can really be who he's saying, 
is if I live my life in conjunction with his heart. If I'm misaligned, if, if my secret place is an option, so is everything else in my life. If discipleship is an option, so is everything else in my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I've gone through times of grief, it's not been me just, you know, just there or where. It's been, I've done it with God, Toss. I'm grieving. I've done it with him. And guess what? He's not far from those weaknesses. It says a broken and contract heart. He will not condemn that. He accepts it. He's like, come, bring your weakness. Bring the real you. He can't bless the fake you. He needs to bless the real you. Let me bless you. Let me comfort you in this time. Let me carry you in this time of healing. A way of life. Right? And so it's understand. And so because I understand it's a way of life, what Eniola said, she wakes up with songs. That's what the Bible says. I rise with songs of deliverance. Do you know when I wake up in the morning and there's a song on my heart, I play it straight away. And it's that song that takes me into a time of prayer. If I ignore it, then I'm missing an opportunity of connection. God is trying to say something. Look, I want to deliver you for today. A word for today. Daily bread. So let me give you this. Wrap me in your arms. Oh, this song is, let me pull it on. It brings you into a place of his love. I belong to you. It brings you into a place of sonship. And that's what I said, this disconnection with his spirit. Sometimes it's not that the spirit is not talking, that he's not there. It's that we're grieving, we're suppressed. It's, it's just, oh, I feel the tingling, the nudge. Sometimes God speaks to you in strong knowings. We're not all blessed like other people. You know, Iman hears straight from the throne room. He hears audible voice of God. We're not blessed like Iman, the messenger. Amen. Huh? Okay? We don't have transcripts and whatnot. Some of us are going by intuition. Hallelujah. I'm guessing it. I'm winging it. Is this God? Let me see. Does it work? Hallelujah. God bless you, Iman. But we don't have that, that spirit, amen, that grace, hallelujah. We love it, though, because we hear from God through Iman, amen? But what I'm saying is, is that sometimes God is in the simple things. He's in the mundane, Tony. He's right there, he's speaking through that manager. Speaking through, but if our ears are open in the morning when he gave you the song that opened up your spirit to be sensitive, you will hear, oh, wait, hold on. I, listen, I know my boss ain't saved. But God, you're speaking here. If it can speak through a camel. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's your spirit and it's a way of life, though. I remember one time God was speaking to me as I was coming down the escalator. And I was like, oh, that's a nice thought at the time. I came down right there, the billboard. I was in Canary Wharf. The billboard said what God said. I said, yeah, that was God. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm open. Everyone say open. Yeah. Right? You're most sensitive in the mornings. Your spirit is most. That's why the enemy can come at night. Because when we're most vulnerable. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes I say to, 
to, to um, PA whilst I'm sleeping. I'm like, yeah, God was speaking to me in my sleep. He was like, sleeping to you in your sleep. I'm like, yeah, I heard him, you know? <laughs> because we're most sensitive then. I don't ignore. If it's just a figment of my imagination, then okay. And if it's God, he'll confirm it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's the simple things. Everyone say simple. simple. Hallelujah. One more person, Moyo. Go on. No, you have to. Come on. I don't even have a lot to say, but I think it's just a reminder to be consistent for me. Mm. I feel like sometimes you can start and then you feel good, and then maybe you're not as consistent. Then before you know, bah, and then you're thinking, God, how did mm. I get here? So, yeah, it's just a reminder to be consistent. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think that, that this thing about consistency this morning, the Lord was, um, I woke up at around 6.15, 10 past 6, started getting ready, but it meant that I only had like a short window to pray. And me, when I pray, I like to pray for a long duration. Hallelujah. Okay, I get into it. However, I didn't have that time, but I was just praying in the spirit just as I was getting ready and I was doing my, and, I, and the Holy Spirit said to me, you know what, like, I mark this in heaven. This is, you're also sowing seed here. Just because you're not in your designated place, it doesn't mean that I'm not hearing the prayer, the incense isn't coming to me. Is everyone hearing me? What am I saying to you? That, okay, you have 15 minutes in the morning, but it says pray without ceasing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Pray without ceasing. I'm going to, listen, I'm on my way to work. I'm walking. I'm going to put in my headphones and I'm going to look like I'm speaking another language, but I'm praying in the spirit. Is everyone with me? You understand what I'm saying? That's how we do it around here. You know, you, you have to walk well. You know what I mean? Like, hallelujah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I remember walking. I was on my walk and the man walked and he looked back like this. I said, don't worry. Don't mind yourself. You understand? Don't mind. Receive that blessing in Jesus' name. I even covered him as I was walking away. I said, God, cover him. Amen. But what I'm saying is that, but God sees that. He honors it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we're talking about consistency, it even looks like in the mundane. I'm at my desk and I feel and I sense the spirit and I'm responding. I don't know what I'm losing. I don't know what I'm... But God will give interpretation. But I'm being, I'm responsive to the spirit. So don't feel bad if each day you don't have that, that space, that designated space to pray. But create it in your day. Is everyone with me? Right? If you don't have that time to, that designated space to actually sit down and read your word, pick another time, like in the day, on your commute, whatever. Listen to it in your ear, right? God still honors effort. He honors effort, amen? Amen, so we thank God. So warring, uh, the last one, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> so <laughs> warring for your identity is warring for your future, amen? And we are winning the life that we want through cultivating, right? through our habits, through our intentionality, through our efforts. Is everyone with me, yeah? Awesome. So let's just bow our heads and just pray. Amen. Just begin to just ask the Lord to just give you the grace 
to follow through. Yes. Grace, Lord, grace. Hallelujah. Just begin to ask him, Lord, give me a revelation of who I am. Give me a revelation of who I am. Give me a revelation of my divine identity, of my sonship, my daughtership. Yeah, God. Help me to renew my mind, God, to renovate spirit, renovate my mind. Ask the spirit to begin to renovate your mind. Yes, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if there's some broken pieces, some broken spaces, disappointment, just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to serve you as a comforter. Yeah. Holy Spirit, comfort. Yeah, the scripture says in Isaiah 51, 3, that he will comfort the ruins of Zion. Lord, you're a good father. You are a good parent. Yeah. Give us a revelation of your fatherhood. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah, just begin to just reach out to him. Yes, God, Holy Spirit, yeah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, just want to give a word of encouragement. Um, as we're praying, I want you to understand that this is probably the most important part of today's session. PS has given us strategy, amen? Given us um, instruction. She's um, encouraged us, amen? Edified, exalted, convicted. Now, the, the devil doesn't know everything, amen? He's not, uh, what's the word, omnipresent. So by virtue of PS preaching, and you hearing this word, he's already strategizing your week for you. So when we're praying in the end, it's not just a filler to transition to the next phase. We're actually preparing our spirit, man, for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm, I'm echoing this because I've got a prophetic word I want to share with you that, that I had to practice this week because I had to practice um, waiting on the Lord. Amen. It was a very um, frustrating, stressful week. Hallelujah. And um, Pastor was feeling somehow-ish and secret place wasn't secret place like it used to. Amen. God bless Josiah's hallelujah. <laughs> but it hit Thursday. And even PS was like, oh, you all right, babes? First question, are you angry with me? And just like, oh, <laughs> But there was a level of frustration and weariness and, and, and even overwhelming, to be even more honest. And you know in the mornings where you feel that tug to come and pray, but then you've got a to-do list. Now, I gave this word to Tabori weeks ago, so God gave it back to me to this week. Here, here's the word. I want you guys to hear me well. Because this week, 
to practice and see results from this word, it's going to take sacrifice. And sacrifice looks like maybe you don't get to do something that is good to do to do what is needed to do. You guys feeling what I'm saying here, yeah? So the word is lay down your to-do list. Sometimes having a productive day means not getting to do your list. What you consider a fruitful day isn't always the most beneficial for your soul. Sometimes the most productive thing you can do is say no to busyness and rest in my presence. Time spent seeking me is always time well spent. When you feel the pull of my spirit inviting you to come aside and seek my face, it's always good for you. Letting go of that list and leaving something undone once in a while isn't going to be catastrophic. But when you set aside your list and goals for the day and choose me, it's never a waste of time. Those things can wait. Even if you get behind, I am more than able to empower you with enough grace to do the same task in less time. Don't ignore yourself. Don't ignore the need to come away and refresh yourself in my presence. You have permission to rest. Make time with me your number one priority. Seek me. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Father, I pray over the house of a new thing, London, those present are not present, Lord. Give us the grace to choose you, Lord. Give us the grace to respond to those tugging moments. Give us the grace to be self-aware enough to know that we need more time with you. Help us not to uphold and lift up the, the, the issues of this life above the calling to be with you, O oh God. Remind us that our call to discipleship is abide in me and I in you for apart from me you can do nothing. I speak fruitfulness to the weak of ANT. I speak joy. I speak a strength. I speak that even, even resting, Lord, is a form of warring, Father. We thank you that our obedience is our weapon, oh God. And our confidence is that you are with us, our refuge and our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just give a round of applause to P.S. Thank you for that amazing word, preacher. Thank you so much for tuning into today's session. I am sure you were encouraged, you were edified, you were convicted, you were all types of things that led you to being edified in Christ. I want to also just give you the opportunity, if you've been blessed in any way, to help support the ministry through giving. Um, this would be a perfect time for you just to you know, water the, the plant that's been feeding you some good word in the season of your life. So I want to bless you and thank you in advance in supporting us and also invite you to follow us on all things social and new thing London, London being LDS. I look forward to seeing you on the journey.